Before we read from the Bible, let us come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, the Bible is a very special book. It is full of words and it is very old. Thank you for these ancient words that still have meaning for our lives today. Please send your Holy Spirit upon us so that we can understand your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Acts and Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. First we read, first we read from Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. Acts 17, 1 through 10. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them for the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the other post bond and let them go. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Our next reading is from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 6 to 13. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank you enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that, so that you may be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with his holy ones. for praying and, and reading those passages. And we've read the, from the two different passages this morning to sort of give us an idea. We started off with Acts to give us an idea of what's behind the letter to the Thessalonians because Acts 17 provides us a bit of context of when Paul went to Thessalonica. 
Paul is in Thessalonica sharing the gospel message, sharing that Jesus, he came to earth, he suffered, he died, he rose from the dead. He's sharing about God's amazing love. So the point of this story from Acts 17 is that some people, Jews and Greeks, were persuaded and they came to believe that in in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to have a relationship with Jesus. But as we heard from the Acts 17 passage, not all people appreciated their sharing. And a mob of unruly people had started a riot and Paul eventually left the city after about three weeks. And it was then some time later that he wrote this letter to the church, to the church of Thessalonia, said how he longed to see them again. He he knows that God was working among his people, even though a a bunch of possible rioters were not going to, would potentially be there. They weren't going to stop Paul from sharing the love of Jesus. And we don't stop sharing his love either. Gems, it is so good to have you Involved in the service again. And it's good to reflect on the theme that you are focusing on this year. Your theme, love overflows. The theme that comes from God's word as we read this morning, 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12, which reads, May the Lord make your love increase. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other. And for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Now, when I say the word overflows, I'm going to ask you what things come to your mind. Um, I know for me, for example, the first thing that came to my mind was something like Niagara Falls. I don't know if the picture's up there. Niagara Falls just overflows with this ton of water. But maybe you guys have some things that you can share. What comes to your mind when you hear the word overflows? Gems? Nothing? No words overflow from your mouth this morning? Well, maybe I need to share with you shy girls. What about if you're a custodian? Toilets overflow? You can ask the wave rinks and vibratas. And that's kind of gross. And I don't know, like, I sometimes get a coffee in Sylvia's office, and we have a Keurig machine, and... and to cover the cost, we put 75 cents in for the pods. And I always put this big cup underneath, because a, but a pod only fills it up half full, so then I take the pod and I turn it around and get the other half too, so I really get my money's worth. But sometimes my calculation's a little wrong and my cup of coffee overflows. I just hit the wrong buttons and it makes a mess. And if I'm not careful enough, It has happened, and it could happen again. I try to be careful. But it spills all over, and I have to clean it up. And maybe some of you have done that. Maybe at McDonald's. We saw the McDonald's logo. Uh, Maybe you've done that at fountain drinks at McDonald's or other restaurants. They overflow. Or they're calling for a lot of rain today, and, and later today, and later this week. And when we get a lot of rain here in Exeter, sometimes we see McNaughton Park, that river in McNaughton Park, just overflow. And it's really cool to see the rushing water, but also what it is, it's very dirty water. And it's very brown, and it looks a little messy when things tend to overflow. So often, yes, we have Niagara Falls, and it looks beautiful and powerful, but often when I think of overflowing things, I think of also how things overflow and make a mess. So I don't know about you, but I tend to have this messy visual when I hear the word overflow. 
But what about love? I mean, what does it mean that love overflows? And particularly, not only our love, but Jesus' love. What does it mean for Jesus' love to overflow? I want to read the theme verse again from 1 Thessalonians 3.12. May the Lord make your love overflow. Increase and overflow for each other. And for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Now, as I read this, it's, it seems that when you read this verse, and you read it, sometimes we read it quickly, it seems to emphasize that our love is increasing, that our love is overflowing. But there's more to it than that. And let me read this same verse again from the message. The message says, And may the Master, may the Master pour on the love. So it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you, just as it does from us to you. Did you get that? May the Master pour. Pour on the love. So it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you. The action is on the Master. The action is on our Lord. Later in the letter, the same letter that Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9, he says, Now about your love for one another, we don't need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. We've been taught by God. In another letter written by, not Paul, but by John, John 4, or 1 John four nineteen, we hear these words, We love because God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. So your theme verse might sound a little bit like that it's our love to overflow, and, and that is true, it is to overflow. But first, God's love overflows to us. We are taught by God. We are shown by God what love is. Let me just share some stories from the Bible that show us that God first loved us. God created a perfect world. He created humanity in his image. And humanity, as God said, was very good. And God created us in order to have a relationship with us, in order to love us. What happened next? We fell into sin. And when Adam and Eve realized, if you go back to Genesis and you, and you read the story about the fall of creation, the fall of humanity, when Adam and Eve realized what had happened, what, what they realized they were naked. And what happened is God clothed them. The first thing, God looks for them, he clothes them. He loved them so much that he covered them. They had wronged God, and yet God, in his love, reached out to them. And God didn't only take care of their bodies, God took care of their souls. God made a promise that he would again make things right. And God loved them so much that he made a promise that he was going to send a savior. He's going to fix this up. And throughout the Old Testament, God watched over Abraham and his family. And then God selected a, a, a group of people called the Israelites. Nothing that the Israelites did, we know like there's a lot of cruel stories and terrible stories in the Bible about the Israelites' behavior. So it's nothing that they did that he chose them, but it was because he loved them. And he watched over the Israelites when they were in slavery in Egypt, when they wandered in the wilderness to what God promised them, the promised land. God loved his people so much that he kept the Jewish line going so that his promise of a savior would be fulfilled 
In fact, when, when his people turned away from him and they did bad behaviors, God sent prophets to them to point them in the right direction towards him. And God's love overflowed when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. Now earlier, a few moments ago, I said how when it comes to the word overflowing, in my mind, it tends to be somewhat messy. Well, picture Jesus on the night of his crucifixion. Being whipped. Being nailed to the cross. And then he was stabbed with a sword in the side. Picture now how messy it is to have blood overflowing. So I would say that God's love overflowing is a mess. It is a bloody mess. But it was through this bloody mess, with Jesus' blood overflowing, that cleaned up every other mess. That once and for all mess on the cross, it cleaned up all our sins. And this overflowing love resulted in all our sins being forgiven by God through his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. As we said in the litany this morning too, our source of love is God, Jesus. The love that's being talked about in your theme verse is what the Bible refers to as agape love. And the Bible talks about different kinds of love, but agape love is the strongest form of love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that's going to overflow no matter what we do. Agape love is the the love that God has for his kids, for each of us, in order to send his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins. But as mentioned, we sometimes find it difficult to see love overflow. I mean, sure, we, we can see water overflow. Once in a while I see coffee overflow. But love how does love overflow? Like, especially Jesus' love to us. And sometimes it's because we can't see it, like physically, visually see it. We might look for love in places that we can find things and see things. So sometimes people look for love in other places. People will collect possessions, maybe. Maybe they're going to buy things like cars or toys or books or vacation homes or just, just people just keep collecting money. There's this businessman and film producer and billionaire, Howard Hughes. He was once asked, how much money would it make? This billionaire was asked, okay? How much money would it take to make him happy? And he reportedly replied, just a little more. So we are often that way too. We just want a little more of everything. So often people are just not satisfied. Sometimes overflowing love, we we make it look like, well, you know, we have a thousand Facebook friends or two thousand people are following us on Twitter or Instagram. And other times we measure love through wanting to hear affirming words. Like, so love looks like, oh, people telling us, yeah, you did a good job. Way to go, buddy. But what Paul is talking about here in this scripture passage this morning, 1 Thessalonians 3, is the sacrificial overflowing love of Jesus that was sent Jesus to the cross. We're reminded of God's overflowing love. We're able to see it 
as we study themes like you guys did at GEMS or what the cadets do in their groups. We're reminded of God's love as we come together, as as God's people come together encouraging one another, loving one another. We see God's love in us. We're reminded of God's love as we read Scripture, as we read your theme verse, as we read from Acts, as we read from 1 Thessalonians 3, as each week we get together and, and each day we dive into the God's Word. We, never have, we can never fail to get together as God's people. As, as Hebrews, the book of Hebrews says, get together as God's people so often to encourage one another, to read from His Word, to study His Word. So we see God's love overflow to us as we read the Scriptures. We're reminded of Jesus' overflowing love when we celebrate. We have the baptismal font here. When we celebrate baptism, when we witness baptism, we hear words from Scripture, again, how Jesus first loved us. We talk about how Jesus' love overflows for us. Now, most of you girls are probably baptized, and you're probably baptized as a little baby young age, and I'm guessing you probably at the time couldn't fully understand your baptism, and that's okay. Because God first loved us. And that act of His flowing, overflowing love is witness at our baptism. God's love is visualized when that water overflows on your heads. And that represents how much Jesus loves us even though we don't know a thing about his love yet at that age. We don't even know how to love him back or or love one another yet. And for those of us who are participating in, in watching and witnessing the baptism, our faith increases and we are reminded again of God's overflowing love. So we got the word, we got the baptism. We have the Lord's Supper table here, a visual reminder again We're reminded of God's overflowing love when we celebrate the Lord's Supper as a church body, as His people. And again, like baptism, we don't understand everything. And the same is with Lord's Supper. We we don't fully understand everything, but God expressed His overflowing love to us through this supper. And He gives us an opportunity to know His overflowing love at the supper through the visual of the cup and the bread, His blood, His body. When we participate, our faith increases and we get a bit more understanding of what it means to see and understand and feel God's overflowing love. So it's through the scriptures, through the sacraments, through one another getting together as God's people. We get to begin to understand how valuable you are to God. And may you begin to understand how much he loves you. May you begin to understand that you belong to Jesus, that you, each, each of you were created in the image of God. May you begin to understand how much God loves you, that he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son for each of you. Jesus came to save each of you from all your sins. When Michelle and I began to have children. As a parent, and I think other parents could probably understand too, you you just, you can't imagine, like, what's it like to love a child? But we did. When we had a first child, we loved that child. That child, Tanisha. (laughs) We loved her a lot. 
And then we had more children. And then as with your second and then eventually third and fourth, and for others more, you think, how could you possibly love your, your second child? How could you possibly have enough love to love, like to, to divide it among other children? You think, does it, does it get divided? No, it doesn't get divided. Our love doesn't get divided. The love grows. The love continues to overflow. There's enough love for all our children. And God doesn't divide His love among His children. He overflows His love in unlimited supply to His children. It's not in a compartment and so much gets divided over billions of people. No. He loves each one of us. And His love overflows to each of us. So as God's love has overflowed to us, we need to think of ways that that same love that's overflowing into our lives can continue overflowing into other lives. And I think as gems, you had opportunities to do that this year. And hopefully you'll continue to to grow in those opportunities. You sang at the villa, the Exeter Villa, the senior's home, overflowing God's love so others can see it. Maybe some of you invited friends or neighbors to gems. Again, allowing friends and neighbors to understand and see God's love and what it means. Later in the service, we'll hear from Children of the Promise. And I know some people in the congregation have gone on mission trips to Haiti or this past year to Dominican Republic and we can go across the world and go on mission trips to overflow God's love to others. But we can also just stay in our community here among the church, go to our schools, our friends, and not to be, not to be at all afraid of what Jesus has done for us and to share His love. Later we'll sing the song, they'll know we are Christians by our love, our actions, our words that we share. God's love needs to overflow in our lives and overflow into the lives of others. That sacrificial, what do we call it? That agape love. That sacrificial, unconditional, amazing love. As we heard in the children's message too, we don't keep the love all to ourselves. We pass it on. It overflows because there's so much to go around. Sometimes it's hard to share. But with God's help, in us we can do it he loves us so much that he's always with us so gems and congregation may you know that Jesus love overflows for you he loves you so much you're made as an image you belong to him in life and in death what an assurance what a love So receive Jesus in your hearts today. Open your hearts to his overflowing love and let that love overflow to others around you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you first loved us. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins who rose from the dead to conquer death and to give us new life already today, who ascended to heaven to reign on high, to be in control of all the earth 
And we look forward to the day in which Jesus returns and all things, including us, are made new. But until that time, we want to be obedient to your task that remains unfinished. Through your Holy Spirit, increase our love for you. Through your Holy Spirit, increase our love for one another. Help us to love our enemies and to, and to love people who are so hard to love. Because we are those people to you. And yet you are relentless and embrace us as your children. You continue to pursue us and come after us. So we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.